Welcome to Movie Left, a movie review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, we, yeah, Batman. No, Ant-Man. Spider-Man. Which which man are we reviewing? Uh, in, in which of them? <laughs> right. Which which white man um, are we reviewing today who have superpowers? Uh, well, so, <laughs> it's so hard to keep track of them all. I mean, there was that great joke at the towards the end where Jamie Foxx is like, "Man, you know, I just just figured you'd be you'd be black," and he's like, "Oh well, maybe there's a black Spider-Man somewhere. There's got to be one somewhere in one of these universes." <sighs> I mean, that so that was when I, so when I saw Spider-Man in the theater, <clears throat> you know, it was like what? How many months ago? Three months ago? Yeah, wasn't, wasn't that long ago? Yeah. It, it just came out on digital. December, I think. Uh, after Cause being... Because it, it was like Christmas theme, so it had to have been like early December, mid-December maybe. I mean, it was only the very end that was Christmas theme, but yeah. Um, the... but no, I remember because it came out the same time as Hawkeye, which was Christmas themed, and like it was like early December, I believe. Right. <clears throat> and everyone was hoping that like Spider-Man would show up in Hawkeye because they right. both have that that finale um, at the Rockefeller. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was it was insane because you know I've been going to the movie theater more often, um, but it, not to like a packed house. And there was so many moments in this movie where people like the, the whole fucking audience was going insane. Like right. the first one was, of course, spoilers. Um, yeah, for the whole the, show. The Charlie Cox, Charlie Cox yeah. shows up, right? And right. That, that's been a huge point of contention obviously and he shows up very nonchalant catches the brick he's a good lawyer all that uh, but people were just losing their minds and i was like i've never been a huge spider-man fan like the the first two um you know series of movies like i kind of like they kind of turned me off from superhero movies for a while because i was just like this just you, you mean the toby and the and the andrew garfield ones not the first two of this <sighs> right exactly right, right exactly right. <clears throat> But you know, yeah. Just, I mean, Spider Man Two is, is is very. I think is very good still. The 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 Doc Ock one, but other. I mean, that was kind of I think the bright spot of the of the of those two franchises. It, it's you know? it's just it's hard to tell these stories because the premise of the comic books is frankly ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, of all comic books, it's fucking absurd and ridiculous. And trying to translate it into a film uh, that doesn't seem cringy and awful is really hard to do. And it took a long time of them failing at that before they got to the point where they could do it really well, like this film. 
Well, and you know, the the other problem with the other two Spider-Man movie, the other two Spider-Man franchises, excuse me, um is that they they just they never they always had to cast somebody who had a name or who had some, you know, star buzz around them. So they would never just cast an unknown kid who actually looks like a kid. And that was the one the, the biggest thing that this Spider-Man franchise got right was that they cast Tom Holland who was relatively unknown, I believe at the th- I didn't I didn't know who the fuck he was. Um and you know he looks like a fucking kid in high school and he was around the age of a kid in high school you know a couple years older maybe but not (laughs) he didn't look like a 35 year old guy you know getting beat up by flash thompson in high school like toby mcguire unfortunately right and and the other thing that's great about and we're gonna get into a million you know things that we loved about this movie and scenes and we'll probably bounce all over the place um and oh and just real quick before we even get into it you know this week we didn't do we're not doing a regular episode because there's not a ton of uh new news newsworthy things to talk about i mean it's basically the same shit we talked about last week we're you know sending a bunch of money we're sending billions of dollars to the ukraine instead of uh funding the the covid relief program right as another wave is is starting to kind of bubble in europe and in asia and i'm sure we'll be here any any moment now but we're not even gonna have enough to do free testing anymore thanks to defunding that program so you know (laughs) we got to make sure those nazis get their fucking patriot missiles though but yeah, so we figured, like, instead of talking about that same shit again, because that's going to be all that we're going to hear about uh, for the next couple, you know, weeks or months or so, um, we, we would do uh, an episode on No Way Home since it just came out on VOD uh, yesterday, I believe. I, I you know, me, I, I watched it uh, the last couple oh, nights. Oh, where did you uh, legally stream it from? Yeah, no, so uh, <laughs> obviously I, I legally purchased it. Um, right. You, right. you went I, to YouTube.com and spent the the fifteen dollars that it probably costs. I actually don't know because I watched it illegally. Wait, yeah, no, yeah, obviously. So, uh, no, I mean, when you no, when they come out now on VOD, they do this thing where they don't give you a rental window. That's it's first, it's a purchase window, so you have to buy it for like twenty or twenty five if you want it in HD, and then like a month later they'll let you rent it for like eight bucks. It, it's a fucking such a scam. And you, know, you don't whatever. even get any of the content you get with a DVD. No, you don't get any of the like Blu-ray shit. That commentary you get. tracks, like the shit that actually makes it worthwhile fucking netflix i mean this is such a slam dunk you could eat you have a you have a whole separate you know dub file where you could put in different languages like why do you not have the fucking director's commentary from the blu-rays it's such a slam dunk but instead they would rather produce fucking garbage television shows that nobody watches and now they're like i don't know if you saw this today but they're rolling out something in 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 a couple of uh uh south american countries and i'm sure it's coming here where they're gonna prompt you to to pay like an extra fee if you have people that use your account from a different household so like they won't let you share your password anymore they're going to try to get you to like pay for like a premium account so that you can share it's like they keep charging more for the same bullshit it's like you know fuck you guys but um i mean good luck with that but because i mean the the whole reason you enter into a polyamorous relationship is so you can have as many different streaming <laughs> services all, as possible. all right so obviously you have the hbo and you have the netflix so then you, yeah right exactly um no so oh, but why am i why are we still dating all oh, right you have all my fucking disney plus passwords <laughs> oh man so true uh but no so you know but the one thing the point i was trying to make before i got sidetracked is the 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 one of the maybe the greatest feat of storytelling in this movie is that it 
got me to care about and recontextualize the other two Spider-Man franchises. And that's not an easy task, but I mean, I genuinely can appreciate them on a whole different level now when you see kind of the, you know, the way the story around. And and this is like one of the, you know, the few good things that's, that have kind of happened in like the Star Wars universe. We talk about, you know, recontextualizing some of the prequels or, you know, just some of the sequel, like with stuff that you do later on that kind of, adds gravitas where there maybe wasn't some to begin with um there's you know a scene in this movie that we'll talk about later with andrew garfield where i was just like holy fuck like that it was to me is like the most impactful and emotional scene in the movie when you've seen the amazing spider-man 2 which fucking sucked like i hated i i really didn't didn't care for that movie when it came out i won't say i hated it but i didn't care for it and you know that was like the most impactful fucking scene in the movie or one of the most impactful scenes in the movie in 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 this new movie so i really i think that's a storytelling feat you know in its own right that not a lot of movies or franchises can pull off to make you care about other lesser works that came before it right and if you read up on like what the different variations of the story was going to be um when marvel and Sony were not going to collaborate anymore. They sound terrible. <laughs> like this was this was basically a version of a story from the comics that they wanted to do, but they were going to have to move mountains to make this happen, which it's so rare that you get to see like that version of a movie. <laughs> um, right. But we got it like we got we got the thing that nobody, you know, was going to allow to happen. I remember a couple of years ago when uh basically sony said we're not gonna let tom holland exist in the mcu and fans went fucking crazy <laughs> and right. it's like why like but, why the fuck wouldn't you it's, it's insane like, you so know? just share the figure out who gets to share the the two million two billion two billion dollars you get to have and they're right. like well we want more of that half of the fucking <laughs> like who cares right then make then make a movie somebody actually wants to fucking watch sony like you've yet to make a spider-man movie that people want to watch <sighs> until marvel got involved like yeah it, i mean it was, the it first was, one was, was hilarious homecoming was okay you know because homecoming was good well that was but that was with marvel that was collaboration like that right. you know the, the 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 movies they were making before marvel came on were the andrew garfield movies which you know through no fault of his i thought he was pretty good in them they were just not good movies they well, weren't and, and you know shepherded to a good i'm sure you've story. watched all the interviews where he had to very badly lie about not being in this film <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen i've seen a and bunch of- they're hilarious because he just can't lie and he doesn't want to lie he wants to just be like yes yes that fucking <laughs> franchise that i blamed myself for ruining I got to come back and fucking be the star of again and undo the shittiness of that franchise right? and kind of redeem myself as, as somebody who, who loved the character, but felt like I ruined it and, you know, do it in a way that adds to this other one. And the movie does something else that no other film has ever done before, which is solve the problem of, uh, you know, actors aging out of the role of a, of a comic book, superhero that's been you know the same age for the last 85 years like you can't you can't resolve that because eventually they get tired of playing the role you just can't fucking do it especially when it's a kid character i mean if it's an adult you can kind of get by but when it's a character that's supposed to be a teenager it's impossible to keep somebody in that you know but but it's basically you know i mean how many different people have played batman right how many different people have played the hulk right and it's like well which one is the real one well 
guess what? They're all fucking real. And they all exist in this multiverse right. now. And they all got to fucking interact with each other, which was amazing to see in this film because they're all like the, the slight differences they had. They have questions about the way that we would, the way that real people would interact with each other. Like, wait, you can't do that. That's that's exactly right, what Toby, I would be asking. <laughs> right, like, that Toby makes the fucking webs out of his right. out of his wrist. They're does it, like, does what? it come out of anywhere else? Like, I don't really <laughs> want to talk about like, and you know that's the so the heavy lifting. I think of having like a middle aged Spider Man. They already kind of covered that in the animated, uh, amazing animated Into the Spider Verse film that Sony made. One of the, the only time that Sony's made a good Spider Man film, um, where you have this, you know, kind of old guy who's in his uh you know early 40s who you know life hasn't gone so great <laughs> for this version of spider-man and we see that reflected in tom mcguire's performance and i, I love that they brought in tom mcguire and andrew garfield to consult on what the characters were going to be not right. just hey do you want to go come be a part of this but like we want your input on who these guys well, what's the backstory of where you 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 have been as this right. person who's damaged now, as this person who, you know, sees this younger version of yourself and doesn't want to see them make the same mistakes. Well, and, you know, and that's great because, you know, most kind of studios or people overseeing a project like this who don't have any kind of real artistic merit or creative, you know, uh, background would just be like, all right, well, hey, you know, have a writer, watch the other movies, and then just write those characters where they see them now. But that's not really the best way to do it i mean when you can talk to somebody like toby or like andrew garfield who were you know living those roles and who had who, who were those characters and like brought those characters to life you know not just on screen but in within themselves and had to had to think about where do i think this guy's going to be in 50 years or 30 20 years whatever like that's that's stuff they thought about you know it, for 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 months and years while they were making those movies so that's you know, a, a way better person to talk to than just to have somebody, you know, watch the same movies that we all saw and just try to extrapolate from there. You're going to get a, a hollow two dimensional version of the character. You're going to get a comic book rendering of the character versus just like an actual, you know, Tobey Maguire, you know, you know, not that all those movies were great, but, it, it, you know, is a really good actor in his own right and is, you know, award winning actor for other films. So he certainly, I think, is capable. Of, he was of in that horse movie, you, right? <laughs> yes, yes, he was, in, he was in the horse movie. He was, yeah, he was in a bunch of shit. But he hasn't um, done anything for 14 years. So, like, basically, he came out major, of retirement right. to play this role. Um, right. And I'm sure he had enough from residuals to not have to. Well, you know, he actually is like a professional poker player. He, like, that's what he does now. Oh, no shit. That's hilarious. He, he, he's like, apparently, like a maniac, like, like super intense, uh, like Texas Hold'em player. So I think that's kind of how he makes his money now. And he, he has enough money from Spider-Man where he doesn't need to work consistently that he can just kind of win tournaments and poker and like, you know, tell everyone to fuck off basically. <laughs> that's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, no, when Andrew Garfield was just in that, that Netflix movie that he apparently was really good. in, even though I wasn't super interested in seeing it, uh, but that movie about Jonathan Larson, the, the, the guy, the guy who, wrote who wrote Rent. Rent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, apparently um, Andrew Garfield's mother wrote songs for Broadway and like had, wow. had some connection to uh, the material. And there was like a song that I, never got finished or something like that. And he got to sing it in the movie. So it was, it was like a big deal for him. But oh, that's uh, brilliant. That's nice. I mean, I, 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 I actually, I'll never watch Rent ever because I hate that kind of music musical broadway bullshit like it's it literally it's like the thing that like 
the uh, the musical in Hawkeye is making fun of, but also <laughs> like they have to pretend that it's not making fun of it, that it's like endearing, mm-hmm. but like Hawkeye's reaction to the musical is that it's fucking terrible. It's like the way that Bruce Willis <laughs> would react to any musical ever would just like roll your fucking eyes and be like get me the fuck out of here right. um it's pretty much my reaction to it but they have to kind of like <laughs> like celebrate it at the same time that they're mocking it kind of a thing i uh i i will i will i will say I, I rent i think a little bit better than most musicals but you know if it's if musicals in general are not your thing you're you know it's not gonna it, it follow <laughs> it falls into all those same tropes that most musicals do but if you're into that sort of thing it's i think it's one of the better ones but there's you know, it's it's neither here nor, it's very much a an acquired taste if you're you know into that sort right of shit. And, and i loved la la land so it's not like you can't make a good musical and, but that wasn't like a real broad i mean that was like a just a drama that happened to have music like it was a real musical but that was not a broadway style you know what i mean like it didn't fall into a lot of the shit that those plays will fall you into. put ryan gosling in a musical and i'll like it that's that's the rule <laughs> that's, just, that's the rule do that. or gwen stacy um, put her in the movie um, <laughs> so yeah let's well let's get into some of the the, the things we loved about it because like i said it's not you know we're, it, this is very free-flowing um we don't really have a an outline we're not going to go through the movie beat by beat but uh oh I, I, you I don't just, like those youtube videos where somebody just describes this the events of the movie that you already the four saw and a half hour youtube videos about the two and a half hour youtube uh, movie. so so then spider-man jumps off the building and as he's falling you can see three easter eggs in the window as the can't re- like, right. like oh my um, god stop i but you know i think maybe it'd be easier just to talk about like the characters and then we can kind of like do it from there and what we liked about you know scenes that they were in so like uh you know obviously dr strange plays a uh really important role in this movie and that was like a thing going into it where people were like oh is that actually dr strange why would he break the multiverse but you know obviously before seeing it and seeing that it was just kind of peter like fucking up the spell and you know et cetera, et cetera. But um it it he was really good i i I enjoy him in in that role even though i didn't really love the first doctor i don't really love that character you're not supposed to he's not a nice guy like if you watch the first doctor strange film he's a he's like a a abusive toxic fucking asshole he is is. and that's um what i kind of love about he's kind of dr house like of of the marvel universe because if you if you watch the animated what if series they introduce like this alternate version of him where he's just fucking evil basically and that's gonna of course play into the next i was gonna say that seems like it's gonna be the the theme from the yeah judging from the teaser at the end of of this um but i love that direction but, because what what the the trend has been <laughs> with disney is that they take all the really good bad guys and they fucking turn him into good guys to sell more merchandise. Did you fucking that? <laughs> wait, wait till Black Panther two comes out and Michael B. <laughs> Jordan somehow resurrected as like the next black, but like next Black Panther, but he's a good guy who doesn't want to bring an end to imperialism well, anymore. The, the whole Disney shit with the hundred and one Dalmatians, whatever the fuck that shit was. Did you oh, see? they tried to humanize Cruella Deville. Yeah, a, a, a three hour long Stacey. movie about a woman that wanted to skin dogs and make a coat out of them oh turns out it wasn't her fault because the dogs killed her mom her mom was killed by a fucking pack of dalmatians who pushed her off a cliff that's literally how that movie opens you know dalmatians like some of the cutest dogs fucking ever you know bred are are somehow like these this murderous pack of fucking yeah 
What would you um, What would you think about a movie where this person that wanted to skin dogs and make a coat out of them uh, was actually just a misunderstood protagonist? Would you spend money on that? It's like, well, <laughs> it relates to my childhood nostalgia, so I'll fucking shell out some well, bucks that's for a, it. That depends. Is she a girl boss in the movie? Because if so, you know, sign me up. Uh, is there going to be uh, 750 needle drop record moments of songs that I relate to throughout? My- oh, there is. Okay, we got Bowie. We got like you know that you know they license that shit where it's like you know the the first 20 seconds of a song costs x amount of dollars right and then more than 20 seconds it like the the cost triples exponentially more right, right. so you so it's like well we can just pack in as many 20 seconds of hit songs as possible and fucking make a shit ton of money without having right. to actually you know write scenes where the song you know has or, something or, you know to make characters that that actually are, are, are human beings and not just you know, <laughs> not not just part <laughs> of a, a non-stop montage for fucking fashion <laughs> right right yeah. Anyway. Oh God. Anyway, but no. So I, I, you know, he was great in this, and he actually had a really nice arc too. Uh, I, I, you know, they, they they humanized him in a way that I think none of his other, you know, roles so far have. Uh, you know, in this movie, especially. We're talking the about end. Tobias Vincent McGuire. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, uh is, that, is that his middle name Vincent? Uh, no, uh, Doctor Strange. I, I really thought they, oh, you know, about real the other British a- guy. <laughs> right uh what's his face uh benedict cumberbatch but yeah he uh no i i really i really liked him in this movie and i thought you know uh, by the end they they really kind of you know let him let him like you know humanize himself a lot uh when he was like you know basically saying like not only uh <laughs> you know are are is the world gonna forget about you but everyone you've ever known or that's ever loved you and they said we're gonna forget about you it's there was like a nice little moment that oh, they yeah. didn't make a big deal of but like if you you know when you caught it it was like oh okay and that's you know the first crack showing through and it's just he you could tell it was just like he puts on this kind of dickhead facade but he's not really a bad guy you know deep down. like he he's he, he's he is a human at the end of the day and he's i not. mean he only wanted to kill the sinister six you know and he was like hey if that's how they fucking die they're gonna die i mean he's just to... well, you, and it, right to, to not kill like the other you know however many six seven billion people in our universe because if we, you know the universe is ripped apart i don't think it would end well uh for us but um no i i really i, I liked i really liked the kind of way this was all set up with the you know uh, he <laughs> obviously it picks up right after um far from home where at the end of that mysterio reveals you know to everyone in the world that peter parker is spider-man and you're like how the fuck are they going to get get a get around this and b you know you kind of figure at that point like well they're going to figure out some way to reverse this like we knew they're 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 using you know multiverses and like obviously not every single you know spider-man thing going forward can be well everyone knows that peter parker is spider-man because that kind of you know defeats the purpose of him being this anonymous you know teenage kid who you know happens to be this fucking you know insanely powerful uh superhero um and i and i i just really i i like that you know he he you know wants to you know just try to fix it so he goes to strange to kind of help him and he like plays on his sympathy uh because he you know he fucked up his friends lives because they mean, couldn't get into college yeah when, when it was explained that like this was sort of the setup or the premise of the movie i was like really this seems kind of ridiculous for a movie of this scale but they do a great job of 
you know, showing you the real world consequences of being a, a teenager and having this happen to you, you know, that your, your whole identity is revealed and you become this, you know, pariah. Um, although I did find I, I, it interesting that, you know, Mysterio figured out who Spider-Man was, but still never could figure out who the Zodiac killer was. <laughs> oh man. I, so, you know, it's weird though. I, so are we to believe, and I, and I guess the answer is yes, that J Jonah Jameson exist existed already in in tom holland's universe because you know when we saw that we assumed like oh this is them signaling people bleeding over but he didn't seem like somebody that blipped over from the other universe like he was there already yeah i guess he's just the mirror version because he's not the you know the flat top version from toby Maguire's universe. oh yeah well he's got no hair alex jones fucking exactly exactly you know crazy band instructor from from this universe well he seems like he's had Um, a few ups and downs because you know the uh the daily bugle sort of presented in a couple different fashions as a newspaper or a fringe cable news network but you notice like basically he's he's like shooting out of his basement and then once he gets all the hype from revealing who spider-man is he's in like a professional studio Right, so he's in he, like almost like a TYT setup. He, right, he goes from right. like you know hawking supplements like Alex Jones to actually having like a right. Um, but no, it, it's it, it was just funny. I I I, I like that little touch because that was a little bit you know different than what we expected too. But um, it, I, I'm the one thing I'm kind of bummed is that we didn't really get much of a uh, it, we didn't get an interaction between Toby and and uh, him. But I guess it wouldn't have made sense because he's not the the same guy but even just for toby seeing him it would have been funny i think because he had such a like a, such an on-screen you know it, it, like series of interactions with him in his uh timeline or whatever but um that would have been funny well and that's one of the big criticisms of this <clears throat> tom holland spider-man thing was being in the mcu and being basically a protege to a rich guy there people complain well they're like oh he's that's not who spider-man is though He's, supp- he's supposed yeah. to be a poor kid from Brooklyn right. who can't pay, which was the best thing about the Tobey Maguire movie. Who is a photographer and all that shit. And I've, you know, always joked that like the best version of this character was the one that didn't have the origin story tied to it. You know, like we first see him, he's like a movie he's within a movie uh, with um, Captain America Civil War. And they just like, right. oh, hey, here's Spider-Man. And you're just like, <laughs> right. holy shit, this is the best origin story ever which was having none at all but then you get to the end of this movie and you're like oh fuck this whole time this was the origin story like right they is, were, they're bringing him the to where he's supposed to be exactly and and i love that they kind of sort of tricked you or tricked us all this time and the very end of this movie is really the beginning of the character that we've seen in all the other movies before Right, right, and, and to have those other character, the other versions of the, that character, in this movie, and it all makes sense. It's, the, I mean, obviously, it's like fucking magic, so you can make anything happen. But to have everything happen, so you know, I, I hate when movies just have things. You know, the main plot points of the movie are things that completely are just random circumstances, and the odds of which of happening are just like completely nonsensical. Right. But in this, everybody, you know, they, they don't quite know what's happening until it's sort of explained to them and they have to work together to figure out what the fuck's going on. Or they're like, hey, that guy's dead. You know, like, <laughs> how how is what is the, uh, you know, like they don't quite believe what's happening. 
until right. kind of like well, the, their motivation for who they are as a hero or a villain sort of kicks back in and they're just like well i guess this is just reality now we're gonna fucking you know science the shit out of this together <laughs> <laughs> well and, and, it, and it's you know and that's the kind of you know obviously at the end uh strange to 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 keep the universes from you know tearing apart and and bleeding through he has to you know peter comes up with the idea of like well what if everyone forgot about me they're only coming here because they know who i am but if that never happened then they would never uh that spell wouldn't have been cast you know it's a it's a little you get into like the specious kind of time travel logic of aren't you just creating another branch etc cetera, etc cetera. but whatever i mean that's you know that's storytelling but it's, right it's a comic book it, story it, right and it's impossible it right it's impossible to actually to make... do a realistic timeline right. you know but so well cindy yeah so he, he cast the spell and you know like like i was we were saying before everyone forgets him including strange all the avengers you know happy uh fuck everybody and it's just so fucking heartbreaking to know that like he you know and he's there at uh aunt may's grave at the end who you know obviously uh is killed by the the, uh, the goblet by uh the green goblin in this one uh that like even happy doesn't remember him so he still has all these memories like of his time with tony and his you know the, the way he felt after that and that was such a driving you know factor in his life especially in the second movie uh and like nobody fucking can he can't talk to anybody about this shit so it's just it, it, it is a really heartbreaking ending but it also does kind of reset him back to where you know like you said he he, he kind of is supposed to be within the context of the comics um and it and it, you know and also just from a completely meta standpoint i'm sure that was a way that they can make everyone happy because if they didn't continue their partnership with sony like and and they did split off they could just say well yeah no he doesn't know any of the people in the mcu anymore so you know <laughs> never mind like it, it was an easy way for them to kind of not have to deal with that if they wanted to but it's also an easy way to bring him back in and reintroduce him to all those characters well, and you know figure out a way to undo the fact that they don't remember him or you remember you know, a few years ago tom holland said that he would love to play spider-man for the rest of his life and yeah. you probably saw headlines, you know, just recently saying that uh, he doesn't want to do that anymore. He wants to fucking take a break. But then also was reported after that that um, he's in negotiations to potentially do another six to nine movies. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> if you know how much they paid Robert Downey Jr. and you know oh, how much dead. money this movie made. Right. And you know that he can pretty much name his price. I, right. I would... Robert Downey Jr., who is the star, but not even like the main star versus Tom Holland, who is like the one star of these movies. <laughs> I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was getting paid 30 to 35 million dollars every time he played Iron Man. So right. you can imagine that Tom Holland can probably double that. Yeah, I think I can I can get myself into the mood to play a character if I'm getting paid thirty million dollars. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, look um, at how much fucking fun they had. Like all the really funniest right. moments between the three of them, you could tell it was improvised. Like it, it was, they had an outline, but like they did a ton of different versions of scenes, and right. would just make shit up on the fly. And that's like sort of a hallmark of, of as much as these films are like you know for the action stunt shit is previous the interactions between the actors they just fucking let them improv 
Like, and that's yeah, and that's the difference between you know the kind of obnoxious quipping dialogue of a Joss Whedon who writes all of his dialogue and like base is very like stick to my script kind of guy, and like a lot of the the, the better kind of MCU stuff where it is more freewheeling like this, almost kind of like a Judd Apatow and, style of dialogue yeah. is like it actually it, it it's just so much better to let experienced actors and people who are genuinely funny actually you know act within those those characters they're inhibiting and say funny shit which is also like the hallmark of peter parker in the comics is that he's <laughs> he's the funniest fucking avenger he's always like talking shit to the villains to his to his other avengers like he's just always right shit talking and like hey, you just really destroyed that things. entire highway and all those people's cars but hey let's work together <laughs> right we can figure this out come on right right and 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 that was like the that was was so important about when the three peters got together (laughs) is that they they had that kind of quippy back and forth with each other and that was like my probably my favorite thing about this movie is just how funny it was but like not in a forced way like it didn't feel like the first avengers movie where you know well a a lot of that comes down to the editing because if you go back and watch like the most pivotal emotional scenes or just funny scenes, anything where there's dialogue, there's a lot of like long pauses, right? Where you just have a chance to like appreciate what the person said. And in a lesser movie, they would chop all that out and it would just be like, Oh, zinger, 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 ha ha cut next. Like, and it it doesn't do that. It doesn't do that in this movie. They spend a lot of time and keep in mind that every, every second, that you're leaving in a film is less money the film's going to make because at the longer runtime means the less times you can show it per day in a theater. Right. Right. But, but it makes a better, like you said, it makes a better movie. And you know, that the instinct from like, kind of like broad slapstick or, you know, dialogue based comedy is quick cut, quick cut, quick cut. And that's like something that you see a lot in, like you said, lesser movies, lesser Marvel movies, especially like when the jokes of... don't land. Like when you have a, a unfunny joke in a movie, you're just like, how fast can we cut away from it so that people don't realize it was a bad joke and they right. start thinking about the next joke they're hearing. <laughs> right. But, but, but when you actually let a scene breathe and let a line breathe, like you said, you, 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 you lose yourself more in the, in what you're watching. You don't think about the fact that you're watching that's an that's a really subtle thing that i think a lot of people don't even realize is that you subliminally when you're watching something and it's quick cutting back and forth in a dialogue scene your brain understands you're watching a movie like whether you think about that actively or not that's what's happening when you're allowed to just sit and watch two people talking especially if it's like a two shot that doesn't cut away you lose yourself in that scene if it's done well if it's you know well acted and well written like you lose yourself in the fact that you're you forget that you're watching something and you're just that's where you are in that moment you're watching two people have a conversation when it's back forth back forth because they think that that covers up for shitty dialogue you're like oh i'm watching a a, a, you know something fake like i'm watching a movie exactly just get it all in a wide shot. That's all you need to do, right? Like, I, I love the, um, there's that gif I tweeted out last night. It's the moment where uh, Andrew Garfield says to uh, Tom McGuire, he's like, so do you, you have a uniform? Are you going to wear this, uh, this, this uh, what does he call him? 
um a good a good youth pastor outfit (laughs) and then he just he just doesn't say a word he just pulls his collar down a little bit and you see the suit underneath that was one of the my favorite moments of it when i was in the theater people lost their fucking minds at that moment because it was just like oh you think i'm i'm too old to fucking do this shit well guess what (laughs) right right it was such an amazing reveal it um, was. It was. It was, and it was too subtle. It wasn't like a big, like dun dun dun, like right. music swelling. But, but like then it was you great. watch Andrew Garfield's reaction to it, and he's like giddy. He's like excited <laughs> as himself, the real person, and as the character in the moment. And it's like you wouldn't get that if they cut away. Well, right? it's it's so. It, this was a real uh, great job of writing too, because it's so important. Like when you're putting three versions of the same person just like imagine three versions of you that look a little bit different but at their core are you and share a lot of you know the same experiences you share they should have this like super fucking like best friend immediately uh rapport with each other and that was like something i think that would have you know in lesser hands would not have been pulled off effectively but these three i just want to watch like a whole fucking movie where they're just like the like a it's like a three hand or like a like a buddy comedy with the three of these fucking guys, right? Because they just mesh well, so well together. And the way that they talk about each other is the way that I think that these actors really felt. Because it's it's like, who else can you relate to who's been an actor who's played Spider Man <laughs> other right. than the other two guys who've done like it's it's you know like aside from the the nineteen seventies. Uh, Japanese version of Spider-Man, which is bizarre and weird if you have seen right. it, oh, yeah. um, which really isn't Spider-Man at all. I mean, he's running around shooting people with machine guns. It's like not, <laughs> it's not, not a friendly neighborhood. <laughs> it was like the Captain America they did in the seventies, where he was like a motorcycle Captain America, and he had like a motorcycle helmet with the fucking <laughs> with the shield on it. It's so so bizarre. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So I I just you know I mean whenever you're an actor, I think and you're gonna play a big role. It's like well. What do I do to to get into character and do research? I'm gonna call up the other actors who have done it before and be like, "Hey, what was it like? What 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 kind of headspace did you put yourself into to you know be this?" Um, so I'm sure that Tom Holland had you know had previous conversations you know over the phone or in real life with with uh, Andrew oh, and Toby. Sure. So like they they already knew each other, right? And and to even write this script you would have to have everybody on board at a time. And there was a bunch of versions of the, of the script where they didn't have everybody. They only had some people, but it's like, they couldn't even start doing the CGI, which they have to start doing like years ahead of time uh, to catch up with where the, the actual filming stuff happens. So like just to, to get this, like so many stars had to align that, you know, I can forgive a lot of things like, some of the shots that were very green screen looking in this movie, unfortunately, um, yeah. even if the, like the, what's happening on the screen is so pivotally emotional that like, I'm not really distracted by well, it. That's, it's just like, that's... yes, they're all hugging each other on a very fake green screen, but they're hugging each other. That's what fucking matters. <laughs> well, that's the thing that, and, and, you know, look, I mean, it, it's no secret that modern movies look like shit compared to movies from the seventies, eighties, nineties, where they didn't, green screen everything to death and you know one of the reasons that is is because and then we've talked about it a lot on different podcasts we've done is that you know most uh most graphics people aren't you know it's not a unionized position it's not the same as if you're like a, a fucking grip on a set so rather than build a set even in movies that don't need it a lot of times they will just you know green screen an entire background of a dialogue scene in a non 
you know, non-comic book movie, just a fucking movie so that they don't have to shoot on an expensive location or build an expensive set. They just pay some fucking, you know, poor schlub 15 bucks an hour to, you know, to, yeah. to, to CGI in a fucking, you know, a, a marina behind two people sitting in a restaurant. Like, it's just it, it's it's a depressing reality of Hollywood now. But and, and this movie, I don't think is much of an exception. It kind of, like you said, looks like shit at, or well, you know, it looks like shit at times. But the, the real strength of this movie is in the characters and in the writing and, and, and in the storytelling. So it's very much you know i think a little bit different than the other marvel movies where a lot of the focus was on the 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 flair and on the kind of grand you know vision of it all uh versus this where i think you know it's not the best looking movie you know everything kind of looks like muddy and dark but it's just really fucking well written and well acted and well made by the yeah yeah, i'm fine with with muddy and dark if this the scene's taking place at night that's what things look like at night. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's not, it's not you know? a super well shot. I mean, it's not even like the dialogue stuff is not super well lit or, but, but I, again, it's like, that's not in this case, I don't really, you know, it's whatever to me because that's not what, what drew me to this movie or what made me love. We this just movie. finally need to get the dark gritty Zack Snyder version of Spider-Man that is true to the comics. <laughs> <laughs> um but but they cut i I mean that's the whole thing that's 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 why the whole arc of luke skywalker is interesting because it's like hey here's this aw shucks you know pure good kid who might turn evil if the wrong thing happens on a bad day you know and i I love that at the end again toby doing great work without saying a word right because in a lesser script it would have been like this isn't who we are so he would have said something to him when he stopped him from killing the goblin with with his glider which is how right. toby killed the goblin and he knows that like and we know that as an audience yeah, i didn't really do it on purpose <laughs> I, I know but you know i mean like he, yeah. i'm sure he being a good person lived with guilt for that even because it was you know his friend norman i mean it was you know he he, he was his mind right. was fucked up by this this stuff coursing through his veins it wasn't even really his fault he was nobody's you know, evil it's just pheromones that make you know make <laughs> us make mistakes right or super soldier whatever but, juice but the thing that you is, inject like, yourself they, with they already had the scene where they delivered all that dialogue right which was on top of the high school right. so you didn't need to do it again because it's already it's already there right? right like the the resonance of that scene and the dialogue and you know the, the i love the framing of the shots too in that scene where you get Andrew and Toby are all like framed separately, but the whole every shot of Tom Holland is the same shot where, uh, you know, Ned's way out of focus and halfway out of frame, and uh, MJ is, is just slightly out of focus. But the whole time you can see her looking at him, and it just it's it, great storytelling with the camera. Just the way you know you don't think a lot, and I know most people don't think a lot about blocking right about where you place the actors in relation to so each other but it it totally tells the story um right you know and how many times that we get to see all these fucking a-list actors who probably have pretty busy schedules actually be in the same scenes and the same shots together you know i know that they kind of you know digitally stitch some people together in some of the shots but you know still like did you see the on the um the cutout elevator scene no no <laughs> it's just it's all of it's the entire cast of the movie in an elevator just like going up the elevator and it, and <laughs> i great. i hate that they cut it because they you know probably felt it was redundant but it was just like 
yep, here we all are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and, and I love that. I love that. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, Tom Holland is still, you know, or he's still portraying like Spider Man as this kid. He's he's a fucking high school kid. And you know, Toby, old man Toby Maguire, and slightly old, less slightly younger man Andrew Garfield. You know, they know they know what he's going through. So it was just really nice to have that that really nice moment on the rooftop between them. You know, right after Aunt May died, uh, and you know, he's like, "You don't understand," and they're like, "We understand a lot, you know, more than you realize," because um, they both went through that to an extent. You know, in 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 mirror versions of that. You know, obviously Uncle Ben dying at the beginning of the first spider-man movie which was what you know set him on his path set toby on his path and and you know tom holland really didn't have that to start off his career as spider-man and that's like you said why this is really like a backdoor origin story without us having to slog through him getting bit by the spider and learning his powers and all that stupid shit again it is like he he finally has that like darker under like not dark but you know like that that just emotional resonance and and that that thing that's going to keep him doing this when it's you know cost him everything he's ever fucking you know loved in this world seriously like it's, it's i mean really I, I just great... saw the batman and they don't show bruce wayne's parents getting killed and i was so confused i was like why is he like this i don't get it if i don't see the pearls hit the hit the sidewalk i don't understand they have to bounce off the ground in slow motion uh but but the the audio is not in slow motion so it's you know it's not like (laughs) like no no it's got to sound normal otherwise people will think it's fucking ridiculous We have to do it um, again every every single movie. Uh, every every time. Um no, I so I and I, I really appreciated that. And and it was just yeah, it was it was great. And and the, the like I was saying earlier about the the emotional moment that really resonated with me. So, you know, when when MJ gets knocked off of the the scaffolding at at the Statue of Liberty uh or the, or the soon to be new and improved Statue of Liberty with a Captain America shield. Um and and what uh, what were they doing with that shit? What what the fuck was going on with that? Apparently, like, there's some reference to that. It like for like a brief second in Hawkeye. I don't. I didn't watch that. Yeah, yet, there, but is, I, there is. But it's, it's like okay. So they the shield that, that we're going to attach is just sort of hanging there, but not attached yet. But and then, not built yeah, yet. Like oh, you think they would build it in full, and, and then, then the, but the torch is still in the hand of the Statue of Liberty. So like, what were they to do? Just like glue it onto the fucking torch? <laughs> well, just what just a couple of take the hand off first and then like <laughs> recast the fucking copper hand holding well, they the also at the same time they also power wash that shit to death because it was it was copper again it wasn't green you know the green that's on the statue of liberty isn't paint that's oxidation f- from just being like, exposed to the ocean for a hundred years or whatever it used to look like that so they must have really fucking just, if you chiseled that, that, that anything would enrage people it would be fucking with the statue of liberty but you know whatever it happened <laughs> oh man but I, I thought that was funny but um but no but so when 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 zendaya gets knocked off the the scaffolding and like falling to her death obviously you know in tom holland in slow jumps, motion in slow-mo yeah. no which, which mirrors a, a scene from amazing spider-man 2 and from the first spider-man movie um and you know and tom holland jumps off but then gets picked off by 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 the goblins glider um you know andrew garfield sees that and he and he realizes the exact same things about to happen to him that happened to andrew garfield because that's how uh 
that's how uh, Gwen Stacy dies in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, Emma Stone, what a she's... crack too, man. Just, just pop. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's so it's so it, and that's actually one of the things that's really well done in that movie is that like he's jumping and it's the usual you know hero jumping to to lasso or to grapple you know in the case of Batman the the falling person and catch them and it's just there's not enough he doesn't have enough time to close the distance so he shoots her with the web it grabs her around the waist but her momentum is such that it keeps she's too close to the ground and she thwacks against the ground and she's dead because she fell from you know 50 feet up or whatever um so but you notice though when andrew uh garfield spider-man has the second chance to save somebody he doesn't use his web he fucking grabs her with his arm he knows exactly and that's what i loved about that scene and he gets her down and he's holding her in his arms and he's like crying his eyes out and she's like are you okay and it's like because he knows that like that you know tom holland peter's not gonna have to go through what he went through because he wasn't able to save her like that it was, it was a, a really nice you know so, emotional but, moment and so it made me appreciate of, um yeah i mean it was definitely like closure in a right. big way especially when he was supposed to be in a third movie that never came to fruition you know and if, if you're right. kind of like oh i sucked in the, at, at playing spider-man so much that that third movie never happened it's like this is that movie. This is this is the you know the the fourth movie for Toby and the third movie for for uh, Andrew. And I think that that you know that alone is just kind of is exciting uh, to sort of fix <laughs> fix those series or fix those. Well, and I think I think he brought that to his performance because you could tell he was really getting there emotionally for that scene. So I really think right. that that was all you know what he what he drew from for that and, scene. it was really nice I just yeah it just really feeling well feeling moment. inadequate you know right. as an actor and as the character and having that be part of their dialogue where it's like hey you know just just take a minute because can, can you just say you're amazing because you're amazing he's like thanks <laughs> right. I, needed, I needed to hear that you right. know that 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 scene um you know in the back cracking people were like what why would they even have that in the movie it's like because they're fucking buddies because they trust each other. It's like it a also, trust fall. Like, do I trust this guy who is me but not me to fucking wrap his arms around my back and crack my back for me? Like, yeah, those fucking <laughs> more guys should do shit like that. Right. And it was also a great callback to Spider-Man. I think it was Spider-Man 3 when 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 Toby was having his his per, his performance issues like he alluded to in this movie where he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't web and crashes he, on his fucking car and he's like ah oh, my back right right because he was swinging he's like i'm back i'm back and then it like fucked up again and he crashes and he's like my back my back so yeah him being like oh yeah no i got a, i got a low back thing um was was just funny and great and it's also great too that they always kind of humanize that's you know another issue with superhero movies is that you never know for people like him and for people like uh like steve rogers like you never know like they're not superhuman but they get the fucking shit kicked out of them way more than any normal human could sustain so you're like well what is actually steve rogers does have the super serum so he's got that going but i mean but they're not invincible they're not you know they're not gods they're not invincible they can die but what could actually kill them is like the kind of the question you always have with these like sort of human you know people mm-hmm. and that was just yeah it's just nice to give them kind of like you know human physical flaws like yeah sure i could fucking you know subject my body to these insane g-forces that no normal body could sustain but i still i'm still fucking hurting all the time because i get the shit kicked out of me by these like 
giant lizards and people on fucking hang glider you know like it, it's just nice to keep it to not make them seem just like indestructible video game characters you know like it, it's an important thing i think in these movies to yeah ground them well a little bit. and and you see that with sort of the physics of some of the you know the stunts and some of the the action scenes where it's like you know you might be able to lift a car but like how hard can you really fucking hit a 10 foot tall lizard that it's going to do anything like not right. not really <laughs> you like you can kind of like you know jump on his head and throw him off balance for a second but ultimately like you're not going to win that fight like so you you really do have to find creative ways of, of winning those battles so i love that you know kind of even just like this the setup of oh hey reality's all fucked up and we got to figure out a way to solve it and the, you know just just the idea that like well actually we need to to help all these bad people just makes it so much more complicated and you're like really we're gonna f- this is this is the story this is the fucking story they're gonna tell all right let's fucking do it you know right and I but know. again it's it's you know it's it's the morality it's like because you know batman wouldn't do that uh zack snyder superman wouldn't do that <laughs> they just snap his fucking neck Right or blow his car up with with weapons right. like Bat, like Zack Snyder's Batman did, even though Batman right. you know is supposed to hate fucking guns. Like and, and right, but that's that's again like why did Spider Man No Way Home make two billion dollars? Because it's a character that everyone in the world loves because they the character reflects our best possible selves that right. most of us are not that person. It's the person we aspire to be. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing I really appreciated about this movie, just from a storytelling standpoint, is is the kind of the villains that they brought in, you know, especially. Well, I mean, I really all of them, but especially the from the Toby movies like uh, Doc Ock, you know, the, kind of giving them their redemption. It wasn't just like, oh, well, they're evil. So they're, you know, it, it, in a way, it was almost like a, like a commentary on on the kind of whole reform versus just punishment of like our our criminal justice system where you where you they actually you know spend the whole movie trying to fix them not trying to kill them or trying to send them back as is so that they then get killed by by the spider-mans of their collective universes like that you know trying to actually help them and you know like bring them back to themselves was was like really nice and it was cool to see alfred molina kind of get to play you know the, the 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 nice kind of fatherly you know professor uh that peter had in the first spider-man or in the second spider-man movie before he got all fucked up with the uh with the with the limbs and everything you know like to bring them out of their you know it's something that you don't see a ton of yet like like you said sometimes marvel will like oh it's just the the bad guy's good now but like to actually see them like you know living with the consequences of what they did but also brought back to you know where they like where they were before they they had these tragic you know accidents. it was it was just a cool beat to have you know oh i, I loved all back. the banter all the banter between them too it's just like yeah. so like you fell into a vat of eels i fell into a fucking <laughs> particle collider like man you gotta watch where you fall <laughs> which completely feels like a line that jamie fox improv which <laughs> really yeah i know he's and he's a, you know a comedy powerhouse so it was great to see him kind of get to to really kind of yuck it up in this movie as electro and as like 
you know, normal, not normal, you know, they had them all like looking all fucked up in, in the oh, yeah. Garfield movies, which was part of the, which was part of the character. They were right, like, right, Hey, last right, time I saw you, humble. you uh, had a fucking comb over. What's going on with you now? And it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, Jamie Foxx isn't going to do that version of the character anymore. Here's what Jamie Foxx is going to do. And we'll write it into the character that like the, the character transforms and likes who he's transformed into. And that's his motivation for wanting to stay. You know, and, and I love that, like, they all had, like, slightly different motivations, but still it was, they all kind of worked together and complement each other. Uh, and that expectation that, like, they were all still evil is what makes the, the Doc Ock fake out at the end oh, it's so great. convincing. Because he shows up and you're like, you don't really know which one version of him is, is you know, is he good, is he bad? But he uses that. And y- you notice, though, um, when he uh, disables... Uh, jamie fox's electro that like really the only thing that's holding electro up in the air is the constant bolts of electricity that somehow allow him to levitate and then that gets turned off and he's somehow just floating in the air and it's just like how is that happening (laughs) right well then you see him next he's on the scaffolding but he wasn't above the scaffolding when he was in the yeah it's a weird you know, <laughs> I think they just kind of were like, well, this is so ridiculous. No one's going to fucking pay attention to this. Right. <laughs> it's just he's somehow like in the air and then somehow on the ground and he's fine. And there's an, another well, also emotional he's, moment. He's, he's generating this mess of electricity next to a giant fucking copper statue, which is never mentioned. <laughs> you think that would be a be a kind of an issue that he wouldn't electrify the entire fucking uh, Statue of Liberty. I mean, was standing on <laughs> magnets. How do they work? Right. Right. <laughs> right but no it just just it just has uh, to look cool doesn't have to fucking make sense right um but no he was great uh you know uh lizard kind of got a little you know short trip but he wasn't really that great of a performance and or character in in the second you know spider-man it wasn't you know i i I didn't really have a huge issue with it it was not you know it it was the weakest of all the spider-man movies the amazing spider-man too so it's kind of whatever Which, i um, mean in the sand sand guy sandman whatever he, the fuck I, his name was like he actually had like a tragic story in in uh spider-man 3 which is yeah. you know the, the the lesser of the toby Maguire movies um and he kind of had like a a kind of a face turn at the end of spider-man 3 so it was weird that he you know even in his in his like changed form was kind of you know still kind of a villain in this movie but you know i i you, you kind of like you say you kind of have to hand wave some of that you know just to get to the big set piece at the end and then he he gets you know fixed by by the fucking magical you know Deus well, Ex the, Machina machine from, i mean from he Police even Spider. says it he's like i know spider-man but you're not the spider-man i know so i don't trust you like it and, which totally makes sense which again right. is, i think great writing on his right. part that he's he's still trying to get home and he thinks the only way he can get home to see his daughter is to you know get this the the MacGuffin box <laughs> from doctor <laughs> strange and push the button or whatever the fuck it does uh so yeah like the, the, I lo- again i love how all their motivations are still true to what those characters were the last time they were in a film and carry over and make sense like nobody nobody feels like they're just kind of packed in here you know, except right. for maybe the lizard guy, but you know, he doesn't have a lot of lines. So whatever. They, they just needed another. I mean, and, and again, I think they brought back all the right villains. Like they brought back pretty much all Toby's villains, except for, um, uh, shitty fucking that 70s show venom. Uh, what's his face? 
Uh, the guy who played oh, Venom in the right, uh, right. <laughs> Which yeah. thank God because he was fucking awful in that movie and is just you know awful in general. But um, what's he but, been up yeah. to lately? I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. Like a super weird, like right wing, or maybe I'm just thinking of Ashton Kutcher. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to malign him <laughs> if if, he's, if that's not who he is. But I feel like he's everyone from that '70s show turned into a total fucking weirdo. Like that, oh, that other yeah. guy. That, well, uh, the, yeah, Masterson. Masterson. Yeah, he's yeah. how many how many women sued him for sexual assault now? Yeah. Yeah. And then Ashton Kutcher's uh, just a shitbag who like is a major investor in Uber and you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they they all suck. Um, but it, it just turns out like the dad from that show is probably like like the most wholesome person. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Well actually um, the mom. If you if you saw the fucking WandaVision, the mom uh from that seventies show is is in WandaVision. Oh, she in WandaVision? She, yeah, she's fun. fucking she's fucking great in that show. Or, or nice. well, she has a very small role in that, but uh yeah, it's good. Um, um but but no, I mean and they brought back all the right villain and all the ones who had emotional resonance with the Peter Parker of their universe. You know, obviously Norman was like a mentor to to Toby's Peter before he had this fucking accident that fucked him up. And even that even when he's killed in that movie, you know, Peter feels fucking horrible about it because it was like his, you know, his mentor, his best friend's dad, like his, you know, oh, he didn't come back either. That was the other one. I, I guess, you know, there's still too much heat on James Franco for him to for him to make an appearance in this. Um, But he would have been a nice, a nice has other. He, has he come back yet? Is James Franco nah, been allowed back so. into the room? I, I feel <laughs> like I watched him in the, the Disaster Artist as uh Tommy Wiseau, which was I think that was before, fucking great, though. but I think that that came out like just before the, right, the fucking... or like right as it was happening. All the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the details of that shit is crazy too. The James Franco stuff was like he opened up an acting school, and part of the thing was that if you paid for an acting class with him, that you had to have sex with him. That was part of the curriculum. <laughs> It's just like wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did you? How did you in your head? Did you think that that was not going to go terrible for you? Like, He's, how would you, how were yeah. you advertising that for one? Like, oh, here here's the syllabus, and off come my pants. Like, what? <laughs> Where did you? Th- you just thought your star power of being James Franco was going to like let you sail through this? Really? Yeah. He is making something right now. He's making a movie called The Long Home that he's directing himself. So that's interesting. That's a way. That's a way to get around it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'll be funding this with my own money from now uh, on for the rest of my career. Yeah, it's actually uh, some, some names attached to it too. Somewhat. I mean, uh, really? Josh, well, not names from, from current day, but uh, Josh Hartnett. You know, famed famed Pearl Harbor star. Uh, Josh <laughs> Josh Hutcherson, who does shit. Oh, Ashton Kutcher's in it. Oh, there we go. Getting the band back together. Oh, and Giancarlo Esposito's in it. So eh, maybe it won't be bad. But um, oh, and Courtney Love's in it. Wow. This is real, real fucking interesting These are all cast. People that I never want to see in a movie again. I mean, Giancarlo, <laughs> maybe. I, I will say, even though I don't care for her as a person, it was very, very good in uh, Man on the Moon, the Miles Foreman directed Andy Kaufman uh, biopic which is a fucking great movie that everyone should say I recommend. Yeah, yeah, and she had her husband killed. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, Uh, I mean... Look, whether she did or not, she certainly has profiteered off of him since his death. I mean, in in really gross, exploitative way. I mean, remember the fucking Guitar Hero fiasco where he was a character in Guitar Hero and, like, he would play not only the nirvana songs but like you could use his avatar to play like fucking 
you know, like any song in the game, like like any ridiculous. I've, I've never song. heard of this before, uh, but that sounds horrifying. Yeah, I mean, you, you remember like Guitar Hero was like a big thing for a while. It was, you know, it was fun. vaguely, it was fun. vaguely, but, yeah. Well, but like you were, you would play like with the with the you know the guitar controller. You'd hit the notes, but there was also like on screen, like a, a you know like game avatar version of your character on stage playing. And he was like a download. He was like a DLC for the game. Like it was Kurt Cobain. <laughs> it was not only for Nirvana songs, but you could play like fucking like Ramstein with him or like whatever, you know, other songs in the game. What the fuck so is was, wrong with people? So it was fucking horrifying uh, to see that. So yeah. That can, was... can I play as Egon from the Ghostbusters? Is that <laughs> a thing that can happen tastefully? Oh, man. No. no. Oh, God. But, um, uh yeah no so i and i so i really liked his arc i really liked willem defoe's performance and what you know the the whole like you know goblin kind of hiding in his in his subconscious or whatever like it was just it's it was it was really cool to see all those kind of characters get their get their moment to kind of redeem the you know redeem oh, themselves yeah. and, so so he's yeah. just done doing all the fucking stunts and shit i mean as many as he can at age 66 but uh i just i love there's so many little details about his performance that uh like i love when he's um you know goes into the the feast homeless center whatever the fuck and he's you know ant man uh uh spider-man are like talking about him like well within your shot but you know close enough that he's out of focus and he's like stuffing his pockets full of donuts yeah that's so funny i, I love was that. laughing i was laughing like he's like to- completely in like i've been living in an alleyway for the last five hours but i know how i need to survive by stealing these donuts now right absolutely um no i i really enjoyed that um and uh i totally lost my train of thought oh no oh and so, you know you mentioned the feast thing that was actually a um the first time that ever appeared was in the games in the in the you know in the, the spider-man game for ps4 and then the miles morales game so that was you know a nice reference to that and also you know they, they make several yeah you gotta, you gotta turn the water back on they got got their uh, <laughs> con- they got condemned because the right the pipes were bad because of right. some corruption on the other side of town yeah go figure some, out some dickheads yeah <laughs> screwing with the water line but um yeah and which by the way and we both played those games and i i fucking love those games it's some of the most fun i had like just in an open world kind of you know uh you know story story based game that's like semi open world it's 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 among the best both of those um and it makes you feel good at the end they really stick with like spider-man being a hopeful character um yeah which is not always the case because i i finally finished playing cyberpunk Uh, i've been playing this for like a month now and I know there's like multiple different endings, but I must have gotten the most depressing one possible. Really? Last night. Yeah. <laughs> you you beat the game and you beat the final boss, and then you get put in like this fucking laboratory and you get interrogated and it has to do these stupid tests for like I don't know how many days it goes on. And eventually they're like, Well, we can't cure you, so you're free to go, but you only have six months to live. And then you just like that's the end of the game and the credits roll. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the most fucking i mean i get it's supposed to be a dystopia but i figured there'd be like some uplifting thing happen at the end like right something to make you feel hopeful that you didn't just fucking kill all these people and alienate like the last friends you had and sacrifice yourself for fucking nothing jesus damn well, <laughs> so yeah i might have to go replay it and figure out like how you get the ending that uh, <laughs> get doesn't the, make you feel like ending. you're 
literally dying. Well, and but yeah, so I mean, I, I like that they kind of ref, you know, pulled stuff in from that universe too, and I really hope that that means that we're gonna get Miles Morales in live action because you know, obviously, they make a couple of references to him in this movie. Obviously, um, the Prowler shows up in in I think that was the last Spider-Man movie, the second one, or maybe it was the first one with, with Donald Glover. Like Donald Glover is playing the character who in you know in comics and in the spider in in the miles morales game is his uncle the prowler uh that's who he was in those movies um i'm I'm sure they're gonna they're not gonna pop that one until tom holland is like completely done done (laughs) like they'll it feels like they could just drag it out side by side you know like that would be like they did with the game sort of you know just have his own they could i just I, i feel like they're gonna they're gonna try to like figure out a way to get andrew and toby back in this universe again like they're, well, that, they're just that's gonna how you do introduce it. them though if you do like another multiversal crossover where you get the three of them together and then he ends up coming in you know somehow and in, in, into that into that story i feel like would be an easy way to like they did with tom holland like kind of backdoor pilot almost in another movie and then you give him his own movie sort of thing like oh that. just saw this headline from teen vogue uh that sydney sweetie is officially joining sony's spider-man universe uh, uh, Sydney Sweeney, whose tits you've probably seen on Euphoria many, many times. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Have you ever watched Euphoria? No, I, I, uh, here, let me look her up. Yeah, I don't watch it either because I think it's kind of a shitty show, but, uh, you get to see her tits a lot on this show. So, oh. uh, oh. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll have to start watching that but uh no well the other thing that's weird about that show is it's based on an israeli show and the creator of the israeli show is an actual idf soldier like so i'm a little like ugh, about that show but uh yeah yeah well i mean it's it's like if you want to see a show about people that are really really fucking dumb in the ways that teenagers are really really fucking dumb right. it's very accurate to that the problem though is like i don't i don't know if any of the people who are involved in acting or making the show are aware that that's what they're doing (laughs) on purpose (laughs) like i I think they just don't know that and i don't know i mean zendaya's a good actress i feel like she probably or maybe you know who knows i mean maybe it's just this just like that's you know she's also super young so maybe that's just kind of you know the way you think about you th- the way you yeah. think about things when you're 20 is a lot different than the way you think about things when you're 30 or 40 or you know whatever i think you know visually it's interesting it's just like there's some of the some of the plot lines are just so outrageous that right. like you watch it and you're like this this would like never happen type shit uh, yeah kind of but th- like okay there's an episode where there's an an entire high school musical about people who actually go to the school and it's it's like that could never happen. No, you know that would never happen. Lawsuits that would happen. Yeah, that right. That would never hurt? fucking happen. Oh my god. And I mean. and it's like the 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 high school because the reason why high school musicals or high school theater only do established <laughs> works, they don't come up with original original plays, much less let a student come up with original play because they probably would do something this stupid, and the school would get sued for sure. <laughs> and it's just it's like this this is. There's a dozen reasons why this would never happen. Also, it takes years to write an actual musical, like to actually yeah. write the songs and block it out. And like, it's impossible to fucking write a it, musical in one year. You know, the, the only time a theater or high school theater can even plan to do a play and pull it off in time in the very small window of time you have is if it's already been written and done 
you know, hundreds of times before right. and they're just copying that. Right. Right. And you know how to do it and you add your own little flair, but you don't write something from scratch. It's impossible um, yeah. on that sort of time frame. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's interesting though, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see where it goes next. Cause, cause like I said, they did seem to leave it open-ended and I'm sure that's not a mistake. I'm sure that satisfied both parties involved in, you know, in Marvel and Sony. If, you know, they, I, cause I think they still do have to work out another agreement. Like they keep signing these short term agreements to work together because Sony, you know, this is their only fucking chip is, is Spider-Man. Like, and, and, you know, if they sell this back to Marvel, completely they they oh, yeah. they're, they're never giving this back they no, will this is no. this is all they have and they're never giving it back but and, and marvel like eventually realized that and was like well we can't not have spider-man forever so we gotta fucking you know make these idiots happy and give them some give them give them half of this this massive you know two billion dollar haul or whatever and get to use spider-man and all our shit because it's you know we're the only ones that are going to do it right i mean they did they just fucked up when they sold all their character rights because they were well, like they well, we'll, we'll never be our own right. studio someday so why would we why wouldn't we want to make some and they were trying to save the comics industry like they they sold the rights the film rights to these characters because they were going broke right selling the comic comics books. industry and <laughs> right you know and obviously that was short-sighted because it's even deader than it used to be now um but uh and i still i you know i still i don't collect anymore but i've recently collected comics and and you know there's still great stories being told by like good writers but um it's just not you know like it's like any print industry it's a mostly dead medium unfortunately um and yeah and i think you know it's a ton of paper too like i collected comics when i was a teenager for it just takes up room it's, it's I, fucking... I think maybe a year and a half and that was cool but like i still have you know in, in storage Stacks like just boxes. fucking shoe boxes of heavy as fuck paper just sitting there not doing shit and oh, it's yeah. like well I, I can't throw them out because they might be worth something someday so now they just fucking follow me around well, my you can't sell life. them either because you're not going to list each one on ebay because it would take you fucking you know <laughs> dozens of like this is the problem i have i have boxes and boxes of like long long boxes in my basement of comics right. and like some of them probably are worth 10 20 but you know like whatever but the amount of time it would take me to sit and catalog them and sell them and then get packing materials and ship them. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. Like, so they're no. just going to sit there until I fucking, exactly. you know, <laughs> you know, for 40 years or whatever. And then I'll be like, Oh, well, whatever. Like whoever, whoever the County, you know, coroner's office person that comes to pick up your body when you die gonna be like hey maybe my kid would like to have these and then that kid's gonna have them his whole life and then they're gonna go to a landfill when he dies it's like fucking jumanji (laughs) it's like the the curse keeps keeps getting passed on to whoever finds the fucking you know the comics instead of the game (laughs) it just gets passed on whatever um but no but no it really fucking good i really hope and i like i said i really hope miles morales comes to live action because i think he's got a really interesting you know characterization too um within the game and within the comics so it'd be really cool to see them bring that forth and you know it would show that they're not interested in only making just like one movie about a black superhero like they're they're actually interested in like diversifying up the stories they're trying to tell um and obviously by black panther's success it's you know it it shows it you know that was good positive reinforcement for the stiffs at the studio to be like hey if you make a movie 
about a non-white character, like people are going to show up to support it because they want to see more movies like that. And you know, that would be really cool if they made a Miles Morales movie, but it, Wait, it gets so you're saying movie. that black people can be in a movie and also go to the movies in real life. Like that's, this is apparently a, a, a concept that, yeah, that studios huh. could not understand for, you know, up until like 2014 or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw some uh, trailer review video for the Miss Marvel series they're coming out with. And they're like, before you go saying it's fake diversity. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you, you don't you don't know that there's people from Pakistan that live in the United States like that. Right. Right. Yeah. That's actually a really good comic too. I read that came out like in like the 2010s, like the Miss Marvel character and that run with where it was like Pakistani American uh, girl, like playing that. It it was interesting. It was certainly as fuck a lot more interesting than, than Brie Larson's fucking Captain Marvel, uh, you know, (laughs) whatever the hell that, abortion of a movie was and that character mm. but um yeah, yeah it's, it's funny how they basically have to like write her out of everything that she's supposed to be in she um, was, yeah and mercifully little of the avenger uh the end game infinity war i mean she played a pivotal role but you notice there was not a ton of uh on-screen dialogue or interactions mm. with the other avengers with i don't her. even dislike brie larson i just think that like she was miscast and just didn't want to be there she's really bad and... in that role and you, you're right. w- when you can tell from an actor's performance that they didn't want to be there and you're just wondering like why like how did this come about like did your agent just be like hey guess what you're gonna be in this thing now and you're like okay like <laughs> like because apparently she's really good in like that room movie and like she's not a bad actress i'm sure but it just really it was <clears> like peak like bruce willis paycheck performance like you know like yeah you know like bruce willis does like 15 movies a year that nobody's ever seen and they're all like walmart direct to dvd bin movies <laughs> and, he, and he and he like won't go to set they're always like pictures of like, vi- like his shots are always him sitting clearly in front of like a green screen <laughs> like not being on set with everybody like this is apparently a whole there's a whole article written about this how because he you know just to sustain his lifestyle i guess has to do all these fucking cheap ass movies but he also makes these absurd demands because he doesn't want to you know have to go and fucking you know interact with people <laughs> and like be on these sets so yeah he, he shoots all of his things in what, front is of he, green what is it what does his lifestyle up. consist of i mean other than you just know, being I mean, a rich guy like just just paying for like i mean imagine you're the biggest action star in the world for like a brief period you buy a fucking 15 million dollar mansion you know what do you think the taxes and the the bills are on that plate you gotta have you know multiple million dollar a year income probably to maintain that i mean they all go out and like buy a restaurant is what they usually do and that right. sustains them it's right like, what, what, what is he, what is he not doing right that he has to fucking <laughs> right. do all these terrible buy, buy movies car washes or something fuck like <laughs> right <laughs> um but no that's but that's apparently and same with nicholas cage but that's also because nicholas cage buys things like like a t-rex skull that you know that was like fucking like you bought like a t-rex skull that was excavated from some like dig in oh south God. america did you, did you i'm trying to remember who sent it to me but did, did you see that trailer for the movie where nicholas cage is gonna play himself oh that looks so fucking good i can't wait to see that oh. it looks so, it, it, i watched that and I, I said to myself that looks fucking terrible so. well, he but he's really good in like just really off the wall insane I, I I appreciate like serious Nick Cage as an actor from like his kind of peak, you know, nineties, like leaving Las Vegas. And he said he was like bringing out the dead was really good. I haven't watched that yet, but I'll 
watched that at some point. But he's he's good when he when he's like you know doing a serious role. But I also appreciate like complete fucking ham over actor, you know, like like vampires kiss Nicolas Cage, like this real over the top fucking. Mm. Do you know he was gonna play? Sp- he was gonna play Superman. Oh yeah, no, dude. The, 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 we were deprived of a fucking Tim Burton directed Nicolas Cage with long hair and like a neon Superman logo. Superman, like that would have been so oh. fucking bad slash like off the wall that I probably would have been like retroactively very enjoyable <laughs> to watch. We gotta call up Joel Schumacher and see if we can make this happen. Still, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that was the the you know that gr- that great Kevin Smith story about like meeting with John Peters because he was like brought on as a writer for that and like just the insane shit that that John Peters like told him. You ever you ever watched that from one of his uh his Q and A's that long story he uh, tells. I don't know if I know that one. I've, I've seen a bunch of them, like you, you his, his it's, Prince story and his Bruce right. Willis story. Right. It, yeah, you should check that out. It's really funny because John Peter is the producer of that movie and also the producer of the two Burton Batman movies. Is just this really fucking weird, eccentric, like Hollywood producer. Like you know, like used to be a hairdresser for Barbara Streisand. He's he's a real weird, fucking like insane character, but like a real person. So he tells the story about meeting with him to discuss like, you know, uh, all the fucking things like, well, you know, I, I, I don't want I don't want him to be in that cape. That cape looks too faggy. You can't have him in that cape. And he's like, well, so what do you want me to put him in? <laughs> like, like what, just all these little like funny things like that, like demands from the studio. And that's where he tells the story about how John Peters was fascinated by spiders and spiders being like the, the, oh God. the, the most fierce predator in the in the animal kingdom. He's like, I want Superman to fight a giant spider at the end. And he's like, well, how do you want me to? And then he's like, oh, well, a year later, I went and saw Wild Wild West in the movie theater, which was produced by John Peters. And sure enough, at the end of the movie. Giant mechanical spider. Giant fucking spider. Yeah. So that, that was where that story came from. Um, what, a, what a weird obsession to have. Right? You just like, I, I got to I gotta see that on the in the picture. I got to see this giant fucking thing. Right. Just just weird like, fucking just rich people shit that they it. get like stuck in their head, you know, because they, they don't live like real lives. They live these no. weird sheltered existences. So they have these like things where like, well, I need, you know, and even like this, you hear stories about Prince. He kind of was like this too, where he's like, well, I just need you to find me a horse like I, you know and, and i know it's you know the middle of winter in minnesota but you need to just go find me a horse for this music video like why can't you find me a, or you know whatever like and just yeah just to see these weird little obsessions where they have to get the shit done very amusing i need but, my um, four favorite president's skulls etched <laughs> into the side of a fucking sacred mountain forevermore right. for right. all eternity right so it can be a symbol of freedom and democracy Except for the people whose mountain it was like, you know, like a fucking super hallowed grave site slash spiritual. It doesn't matter yeah. if so, if if a couple of them own slaves or slaughtered Native Americans. I mean, we'll, history will forget those deeds, right? We'll just look at their faces and feel good. Right. At least, at <sighs> least, you know, and it's taking forever because of obviously not, you know, having the funding of the U.S. government behind it, but... At least they're, they're, you know, the the crazy horse memorial thing is getting built by like actual indigenous people, and like, let's you know, it's, it's not a memorial being built; it's a mountain that's being excavated and chipped away at like a fucking pit mine. 
anyway yeah, but i mean it, it's you know it's it's it, it i don't think it's quite the it's not the same as like you know at least at least it's got people involved that are and you know behind it that are like actual indigenous people it's not a fucking <sighs> they're not stealing the land from anybody no comment anyway back to spider-man back to our our favorite um, white guy uh yeah so this was um this was a movie uh that I very much enjoyed seeing in the theater uh, three months ago when people were still wearing masks in the theater. They're not now. Uh, And I realized that I was probably one of the older people there. Um, I'd say median age was anywhere from about 20 to 25 years old. And I mean, I mentioned before, but the crowd reactions were phenomenal. Like there was things that people were standing up and screaming right? like before I even knew what the fuck was going on. Like when Ned opens up that portal and you look down the alleyway and you see Spider-Man and people started screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm like, what What, what, what do they know that I don't? Right. And it was they, they were realizing that that was Andrew Garfield before he even took the mask off because they basically the, the were. The suit. You can tell the difference in the suit if you're real. Well, he's fucking... just taller and lankier than the other ones. Right. And they just right. and they recognized that. And I realized it just made me realize, like, this would, you know, when I first Spider-Man movie came out. Sam Raimi. I was already, you know, an adult, and I was kind of like, eh, it's kind of cringy. It's not, 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 not really feeling it. But like, if I had seen that when it came out, and I was like four or five years old, six years old, I'd be like, holy shit, this is amazing, <laughs> right? right. So, so that was the experience I had. I mean, it about, came out in like two thousand ninety nine. I was yeah. eleven years old, so I was like the sure. peak fucking demo for that that shit. So it made me realize um, just how much more meaningful it was to everyone else in that theater, right? right. And, and their reactions. I mean, when Aunt May dies, there's women that were sobbing behind me, just like sobbing, ugly crying, sobbing. And, and I was just like, fuck, that making me cry now. <laughs> well, <laughs> like and, just... and that I think also has a lot to do with their performances and Tom Holland's performance. He was really fucking good in that. So he's really good in all like the big emotional beats he had in this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. he, he really, you know, he brought you there where it was just like, you know, it didn't feel like hammy or like, you know, the typical like death scene in a movie. Like he really just seemed like a scared kid who's fucking it's only a, yeah, they, family they member time too. And credit to uh, Marissa Tomei too. Like I, it's a death scene where you don't realize that she's dying. You're just kind of, she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm all right. I'm fine. And they don't like show a ton of blood. So you're like, see, this is comic book violence. So nobody ever really dies. Right. And they, but they, it happens so gradually that you don't realize it's a death scene until it's, she's already fucking dead. And you're like, Oh wait, what, what, They're, what? <laughs> They're really and, they, and they use that kind of to, to fake you out in the opposite direction at the end of the movie where you know toby stops stops him from from killing the, the great goblin and then he just gets stabbed and you and in that moment because he right. gets stabbed you're like oh fuck they just fucking killed it like i thought he was dead like i thought like that was the you know that was the, what happens and i was like nope but yeah he's been stabbed before so you don't have to worry about him you can get stabbed twice and then after that it doesn't work it just <laughs> it goes right through you apparently oh man but yeah no i mean that so that i thought that was really effective too so yeah no just just great fucking movie uh for sure um uh, and i'm very hopeful that they that they find a way to get the three of them together again and to you know get miles morales into a movie i feel like you could definitely accomplish that but you just can't do the same you can't do the same thing where it's like a spell that fucks up the you know i think now that you've fucked with the multiverse and that like you've you know kind of already tore that like that fabric of between the two realities or between the multiple realities 
you you can easily find creative ways to 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 reopen rips in that universe without having it to be time travel, multi-dimensions. It's whatever that you, you fucking do anything. It, it's just it that's that's the the fun thing about Marvel is that they kind of were just like, hey, what if we could make anything happen? Right, like right. literally anything's possible, um, as opposed to a franchise like Star Wars, where it's like, no, only these things can happen. It has to only always be this. Everyone has to be a Skywalker, even if you're not a Skywalker. <laughs> we're gonna, even if you're a Palpatine, we'll make you a Skywalker. The uh, like, it's just nothing's yeah. allowed to be colorful. Everything has to be this this washed out desert planet palette of colors. And if anything is is yellow or red or shiny it doesn't it's it's not real star wars it's just it's, just, it's so stupid it's so silly the, the that's the a fandom thing though i mean have. that's you know there are directors who try to do that and then the fandom like shits themselves but yeah it, it's yeah I, so i, I mean, mean not yeah. that i like robert rodriguez but still no like, i i think of, of all the directors in that in that series of book of Boba Fett, he probably did the worst job with his episodes than anybody but that's not you know at least he tried to do something uh with interesting with it but uh, but but no, Bryce Dallas Howard should absolutely get to direct either a series or one of the movies or some some shit because she does a much better job than most of their directors. Seems like. Um, yeah. Well, she only got the job because of her daddy. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, even if it's true, you know, she fucking proved herself. I think for sure. Yeah. Well, she also had that great that great episode that was kind of like the magnificent seven you know sort of homage in in the first mandalorian season where they went to like the fishing village with the fucking with the atat the that that the uh the other uh, rating people had like that they she had likes the down. t-rex she likes the t-rex and right. she's gonna keep she's gonna make a giant mechanical t-rex just like that other guy made the <laughs> right. giant mechanical spider <laughs> exactly exactly um you find your gift and you just gotta fucking go for it it's your lane you gotta find your lane no, and that's, I mean, and that's the great thing about these movies is that there's nothing is off the table. Whereas, like, you know, the thing that was great about the the Toby, the, the first Spider-Man movie, was that it was the first movie where it really felt like they were actually trying to capture, like, some element of that in the comics, even though it was very narrow and very static. And that's, you know, the problem that Hollywood always had up until the 2000s is that they just wouldn't make a comic book movie without trying to generalize it and broaden it and make it super uh, you know not at all like the comic character and not at all like they didn't expect people who they didn't realize how many people enjoyed those characters in the various like you know different fields of entertainment that they would pop up in before they were in movies so they just figured oh well we can't make a movie that's going to be successful with batman in it we got to change everything about him we got to make his suit look different we can't have him you know interacting with those same characters we've got to you know like it was just they would never do that. And then finally, I think Spider-Man was the first movie that kind of started that path. And now, like you said, we're at this point where they can just do whatever the fuck they want and bring in, you know, fucking like the glup shitto of the Marvel universe. And people will, <laughs> right. will know who it is and find them. Be like, Oh, that's fucking. Well, and that was partially, uh, sorry. That was partially out of necessity because they'd sold the rights to all the good characters. <laughs> right. Right. So they had to look at like, what, what's the fucking garbage bargain basement. Shit but that was because left. they didn't have any faith in those, in those characters being any kind of an interesting drawing, you know, major thing. And then you see that they, you know, that kind of slowly built up with like, you know, the occasional good versions of those movies, you know, there was like the, you know, most of the X-Men movies kind of suck, but like X2 was really good. The one with, uh, 
with, with like kind of Wolverine's like you know the Weapon X origin and like the Striker and they had the whole fucking that great scene where they raid the fucking the Xavier's mansion and you know and, and like Wolverine just goes crazy and and in the in the PG way where you don't see him actually you know stabbing anyone with his claws but you you it's implied or whatever um but yeah i mean there's there's hints of it but it really just not until recently have we seen like full-on embracing of that sort of like open world storytelling so it's cool to see them like really kind of culminate that with this movie and we'll see where it goes from here but you know and the dr strange movie it seems like they're you know from the trailer it seems like we're gonna get you know the x-men in 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 the marvel universe and we saw from this movie we're gonna get the netflix uh like the daredevil like that whole crew into the marvel universe so it's cool to see well not the whole crew well there's, there's one hopefully not we, iron uh, hopefully not iron fist no, it's never <laughs> happening it's never happening even, even the guy that played him was like yeah i phoned it in i didn't fucking learn how to do stunts i didn't do shit god it's just so weird and, and like yeah i get the character was white in the comics that were written in like the 70s but like yeah just just give it let that be an asian superhero like he's going like he's gotten it's just it was just very bizarre it was it was doomed from the start from the way that they you know determined that they were going to do it um yeah (laughs) and and i think that unfortunately kind of killed the marvel netflix series because they were really fucking good you know to start with like the daredevil all the daredevil seasons you know some were better than others but they were all fucking good and the punisher and you know even the first jessica jones season was good it was like defenders was good i'm, yeah, I'm gonna hold was, on to that yeah no i mean uh, defenders was pretty good i haven't watched it since it came out but i you know i'll probably watch it again once they as the the main villain was right pretty good pretty good right and you know we got a lot of a lot of daredevil in that so you know that's always good um I, yeah I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with and, all that shit. and the first instance of a giant fucking dragon <laughs> if you remember <laughs> right in the in the fuck yeah 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 no that was good um so uh, yeah i'm interested to see what happens with that uh and and you know the other interesting little tease at the end with with uh with tom holland popping up you know be like oh maybe i go go see that spider-man um and then blipping back out but he left behind his little symbiote so i imagine that's how they're gonna introduce the kind of you know the the black symbiote suit on tom holland's character which would be really interesting to see the different direction they take that since they don't have, presumably they won't have Venom in the next Spider-Man movie, but you know, they'll have that, that, that the black symbiotic goo or whatever hanging around. So it'd be (laughs) interesting. Whatever, whatever they do, I'm sure they will try hard not to fuck it up. I'm just, I worry a little bit that, that, you know, they made so much money that they're just like going to rush the next project as fast as possible and they're going to get cut quarters and it just won't be quite as good. But I would, um, I would say this, uh, I just watched it for the second time last night and it definitely holds up. And you can, I mean, it was, it was already like, we kind of, kind of knew most of the things that were going to happen in this movie it's just you know unfortunately the, the that was the other thing a lot of stuff got leaked <laughs> the the three spider-mans got leaked the goblin like that all that shit got leaked before the trailer which i avoided i was able to avoid all those spoilers i don't like watching um you know prediction videos on youtube either because these guys predict shit so accurately it's basically Even twitter spoilers, fucking so. spoiled that shit for me unfortunately but yeah so i got to go into it not knowing anything i i, I had heard that like some other older characters going to be there but i was i got to be surprised by all of it which is the fun part right did <laughs> you not know about the three spider-men 
Um, I like I said, I I'd heard rumors, but right. nothing was confirmed. Sure. I didn't know if, when, or what was going to show up when. Um. I mean, they already kind of. I mean, the the trailers itself spoiled a lot of shit. Well, know? and also when, once the tra- trailer showed Doc Ock and like a hint of Green Goblin, you're like, well, if they're here, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know, who else is probably going to be here? Like their their counterparts right. and their you know their. But universe. there's been so many things that have been predicted wrong too, like the whole fucking Mephisto thing with WandaVision. Like right. so many people were, you know, who make their money <laughs> predicting shit on youtube were like this is mephisto confirmed <laughs> so i easily thought it could be like oh yeah no that, that that's there's just one spider-man and a bunch of other villains show up like well and, and i would have been fine with that too. played a big role into this too because everyone was speculating that that dr strange was actually mephisto and that's why everything went wrong did you notice he... how his hair looked different that's fucking mephisto <laughs> confirmed right there buddy you know, it's funny, too, is that th- this is this whole movie kind of like mirrors a story that featured Mephisto in, in the comics where um, he. Yeah, he, I know. He, like makes everyone forget about Spider-Man to like bring back Aunt May. Like that's so, you know, it, it certainly was in the in the in the DNA of this movie, even though he wasn't. Right. You know, whatever. Well, but. They're never going to bring Mephisto into the MCU because they want to get their movies into China. And one of the rules about China letting movies in is devils or demons or anything. no depictions of demonic entities, which is a really, really? weird. Th- yes. <laughs> so weird. Fuck. There's so many weird that like it's a religious it, thing. It's a religious I know. thing. They don't. But, they but don't China's want. not like it's fairly secular. Like or they just not want a religious. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. They don't want okay. they don't okay. want a, a any kind of depiction like that. But but all these people that say that, you know, oh, they changed this and this and this to, you know, for a Chinese audience, don't those people don't realize that very there's only like 25 movies a year that China lets in from outside the country. Um, And this actually, this movie, no way home was not allowed in uh, as they had previously thought it was going to because of deteriorating relations with the United States government. But every other major blockbuster uh, that's ever, you know, made this much money is, has made half that money in China. So the fact that this was able to make, well, I think one point, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, one point six billion dollars in the first eleven days, yeah, just like <laughs> which, which by the way, still during like the height of COVID, and, like kind of the beginning of the Omicron wave, it makes it even more impressive because it was like that no movie had done anything close to that, like in in COVID, you know, post COVID, or you know, post the start of COVID. So that this again was like a major outlier and i think unfortunately it kind of blew up studio studios now have oversized expectations because of how well this performed but like this was gonna people would have fucking you know worn hazmat suits if they had to to see this movie i think like i <laughs> it's it's not gonna be like that for other movie like they're still gonna have to deal with the right. covid kind of sag in in box office it's just never gonna fully I mean, maybe five years from now, but like, it's never going to fully get it's, back to it's the. It's not going to get back to normal until you personally start going to the theater, buddy. You got to stop watching shit on your iPhone and go to the theater. Hey, I watched it on my fucking sixty-inch TV. Or 60 oh, percent. did you? Well, yeah. I saw somebody comment on our uh, SoundCloud page today that we only watch things on iPhones. Right. So. <laughs> right. We're all it was the same guy that said we were aging. Uh, it, what, what do you call us aging? 
Do you call us aging socialists or aging? I don't know. Anarchy, I, don't know I don't. But I just thought for, the for aging somebody was, who hates was our show funny. that listens to us every every week, like I, I would knows never, quite a bit about us, right? I would never subject myself to uh, a, get a phone call. Spam risk, Nashville. Huh. Turn that off. To a uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, so like I would never subject myself to listening to Pod Save America over and over and over. So like if you if you're listening to us and you don't like listening to us, like why why subject yourself to something? That you oh no, clearly- I'm sorry. He called us aging tankies, of course, because that's the go to. Uh, that's the new word liberals learned, and so now anyone who doesn't support any kind of imperialist propaganda is a tanky, according to fucking liberals who didn't know what that word meant, you know, two months ago. Right, right, right. Well, so yeah, what would you uh, speaking of, of tankies? Well, how many hammer and sickles would you give this movie, Spider Man No Way Home? I no, I'd give it five out of five. I didn't really have any complaints with the movie itself. I mean, outside of that, it wasn't you know spectacularly visually shot. I mean, beyond that, I think it wasn't really important to the story. I think the story was well done and a and a big cut above like a lot of stuff they've put out. <clears throat> so I, I would give it five out of five for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would I would have to say the same. Uh, I would even say that it's probably I don't know if it's it's definitely better than Endgame, but just shy of being better than Infinity War. That, that's that's a hard one to top, but uh, definitely five out of five. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps us up. Uh, if you want to help uh, support the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud and leave uh, snarky comments for us. SoundCloud.com slash move left. Facebook.com slash move left idiots. If you want to go yell at us over there, um, follow our main show. If you, if you liked what you hear, and this is the first time listening to us, we do a political uh, podcast, uh, socialist communist podcast that we talk about the news every week. Uh, and that's move left idiots. And that's found the same uh place that you're finding this um if you want to support the show patreon.com slash move left i am at move underscore left on twitter uh and as always i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week Pleasure, pleasure in preaching starts in the heart. Something that stimulates the music in a measure. Measure in the music raises three parts. Casually see, but don't do like a soul. Cause seeing and doing are actions for monkeys. Doing hip hop hustle, no rock and roll. Unless your name's Brewster, cause Brewster's a punk. Parents let go, cause it's magic in the air. Criticizing rap, so you're out of order. Stop looking, listen to the phrase and Fred stairs. And don't get offended while Mace Dosi does your daughter. A dry camera roll system is now set. Fly around the sword under Daisy Productions. It stands for the inner sound, y'all, and y'all can bet that the action's not a trick. But show me the function. Everybody wants to be a DJ. Everybody wants to be an MC. But being speakers are the best. And you don't have to guess. Still, I so posse consists of three, and that's a magic number. Three. This here piece of the pie is not dessert, but the cost that we dine. And three out of every darn time, the effect is mmm, when a daisy grows in your mind. Showing true position, this here piece is kissing the part of the pie that's missing. Where that negative number fills up the casualty. Maybe you can subtract it. You 
can call it your lucky partner Maybe you can call it your adjective But odd as it may be Without my one and two, where would there be? My three mates pasta me And that's the magic number Focus is formed by flaunt of the soul. Souls who flaunt style gain praises by pounds. Comment on speakers who honor the scroll. Scroll written daily creates a new sound. Listeners, listen, cause this here is wisdom. Wisdom of a speaker, a dumb and a plug. Set aside a legal substance to feed them for now. Get them high off this dialect drug. Time is a factor, so it's time to count. Count not the negative actions of one. Speakers of soul say it's time to shout. Three forms the soul to a positive sum. Dance to this fix and flex every muscle. Space can be filled if you ride like my lumber. Advance to the tune, but don't do the hustle. Shake, rattle, roll to my magic number. Now you may try to subtract it, but it just won't go away. Three times one. What is it? One, two, three. And that's a magic number.